0: Locked on. Lock on. Locked on locked on. Locked on, cowboys.
1: on cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On and you'll get 50% off your first order. I am your host Marcus Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir?
0: Not much. It's uh, finally getting some sunshine out here in the in California. We have what's called a uh, uh, June gloom situation in Los Angeles. So every June, like we get like a few weeks where it's just overcast and summer disappears. For a little while, I like it. I prefer it, but uh, everyone else in Los Angeles, uh, you know, on top of all the other things that are happening, uh, has been noticeably depressed by it. So uh, I'm, I'm. I
1: feel, I feel so bad for you. Guys. Yeah, I was gonna I'm say. Sorry, it's not perfectly sunny every day. I was bit. gonna
0: say. I really, I really just <laughs> pointed it out to rub it in your face, to be honest. So.
1: Yeah. Well, we we got a little bit of a heat wave here. It's like 90 degrees right now with like 90% humidity. So it's, it's, it's warm. Um. We've got some questions to talk about today. Uh, a lot of Cowboys related stuff. But uh, before we do that, Landon, a couple of people just wanted our thoughts on the Cam Newton signing mm. to New England. Um, I know this isn't just a general NFL podcast, but hey, it's, it's late, Jaloon, late, Jaloon, late June. It's late June. It's late June. The final day. Yeah, well, that's, I don't know. Um, final day of the month. It may be late June, but Cam it's Newton. early
0: in the morning right now. So we're having a hard yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, what did you think of the news when you first heard that the the pages brought on Cam?
0: I'm not surprised at all. I mean, I, in fact, I, I anticipated it. And uh, you know, look, I, full disclosure: disclosure I'm, I'm an Auburn alum, so I, you know, I I'm a huge Cam, forever Cam fan. Few, yep. Yeah, forever Cam fan. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I, I think I think if you go back and, and you listen to what Bill Belichick has said about Cam Newton before. Uh, there's clearly a high level of respect there, you know? And I think, if I remember correctly, Bill said that he thinks that that Cam Newton is the most difficult individual quarterback to uh, game plan against just because of his skill set. You know, and I agree. I think, you know, he's... I I, I think that what happened with him in Carolina was an unfortunate situation where a lot of his good years got got wasted. And and he is such a... uh, You know, physical play is such a large part of his game. That I think that there's this you know right. misconception that because he got beat up uh, you know over these last couple years that he doesn't have anything left. I just don't I just don't I just don't agree with that you know uh, and I, I think that if he could transform his game closer to something um, you know like what you saw with. Uh, with, you know, I mean, frankly, if he can just transform his game, it'll be a little bit more like Dak, you know? Because I think he's... Like, that's the thing, is that one thing that Dak has got, yeah. even though Dak is not Cam Newton's size, uh, you, you see him kind of taking the Steve McNair approach of, yeah, I've got some athleticism, I've got some size to me, but I use it when I need to. I'm not trying to, like, every single third down uh, sacrifice my body in order to, uh, you know, to to make make the down. He just... Cam takes a lot of hits, and, and, and that's part of his playing style, too. He has kind of that, you know, burger fearlessness in his, in the pocket where he's a big guy and he knows he can take the hit and he tries right. to deliver the ball down the field. Uh, but overall, I, I mean, I think that you look at what he can provide to a team, and, and especially with a, a coaching staff like New England's that is going to, you know, game plan to make put him in the best position to win, it's a win-win for all sides you know they'll, they'll use him for one year probably get some pretty decent numbers he'll sign somewhere else and uh, New England will get a great comp pick and either draft you know try to trade up for Trevor Lawrence or try to roll with what they've got uh, you know they'll find a way to make it work next year but right. I just think it's it's a great situation for both sides and I, I honestly thought it was inevitable and, and, and really it was just a matter of time
1: yeah it's really like a no- risk you know, move here by Belichick. And it seems like he does this all the time where he's taking these guys when they're at their lowest of value and just hoping that he can squeeze one or two years um, out of, you know, production out of them. I mean, a lot of times it doesn't happen. You know, I I remember when he brought in, you know, Reggie Wayne and Chad Johnson and a lot of, I mean, a lot of different receivers that, you know, they've tried this with and it just hasn't worked. But you're paying basically nothing. You're getting a former MVP quarterback. And listen, I think Cam even at, Sixty percent, maybe even less than that. Fifty percent is better than Jared Stidham right now, so uh, it gives them at least a a competent quarterback. It gives them some upside. I don't know about you, but I I still think Buffalo is winning that division this year. I just think they're a better team. But uh, I think this at least makes them, you know, maybe a little bit more competitive because they're, listen, they're never going to be able to compete with the Ravens and the Chiefs with Jared Stidham at quarterback. If Cam can get back to anywhere close to the level that we saw him in 2015 or even in 2016, uh, it gives them at least a chance, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that this puts them back in the mix for—you know, this isn't like suddenly, uh, uh, you know, like like they've got Tom Brady back and they're back in the the swing of things. Absolutely, But I think this puts them back in competition for the division. Uh, You know, not not that they're the favorites even, but just, you know, again— that puts them in a spot where they feel like uh, they can, you know, compete with the, the quarterback talent that's in the rest of the Absolutely.
2: division.
1: All right. Just wanted to remind you guys that today's episode of the Locked on Cowboys podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. If you've never tried a Built Bar before, let me tell you this. They are the best tasting protein bars out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. The best part is it's a low-calorie bar with a ton of protein packed in and no crazy additives. If you want to get in on Built Bars, just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for 50% off your first order.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
1: all right Landon we need to talk about this uh report that came out last week I, I'm pretty sure we haven't done it yet uh but Tony Pauline of the Pro Football Network reported uh that the Jadavion Clowney the free agent Ed Rusher is interested in joining the Dallas Cowboys uh John Jock Taylor reported that the Cowboys price range is somewhere between seven and ten million uh Clowney is still looking to get paid more than that um But first of all, does Clowney's interest in the Cowboys surprise you? And would you be interested in bringing him in, let's say at ten, eleven million dollars this year?
0: It doesn't surprise me. No, Uh, you know, frankly, any team, any free agents, you know, uh, reported interest in the Cowboys doesn't surprise me. You know, I I, they're trying. If they're a free agent, they're unsigned. They're trying to get their name in the media. Mentioning the Cowboys will get it done. You know, like mm-hmm. it will it will put you sure. in the in the, the news cycle for the day. If you mentioned that you have interest in going to the Cowboys. Uh, Absolutely. So so that's it's just good business for him. Uh, it, it, if it's honest, if it's true that he does really want to come play for the Cowboys, uh, you know, that's going to have to manifest itself in uh, a short term rental situation at at the probably at, a
1: one year. Yeah, day. at, at yeah. the
0: Cowboys price range, you know, um, so. I think that that's you know whether it's you like you mentioned seven to ten million a year, I think that's probably where that you know, I think ten million is probably the most they could spend at that spot with with, you know they've got a lot of that's probably Dallas's list. Yeah, they they've got they've got a lot of solutions at a lot of these a lot of these different positions and they've got a solution at defensive end that they you know they can live with for sure. Is it? Better than having J- Javion Clowney, I don't know, but I think, you know, mm. they're not willing to spend a ton of money here to to solve this, you know, quote unquote problem. I don't know that they necessarily view it as much of a problem area anymore. So, I, I would. Well, it's
1: just a, there's a there's just a talent out there that is that's up yeah you know, former number one yeah. pick, yeah it's an
0: upgrade yeah for sure. I mean there's there's no way around that. Like I think you would if you signed J- Javion Clowney. Even if it's in you know in conjunction with all the other players you got there, it's an addition. You know, you're getting sure. you're getting uh, more talent there. So uh, uh, I, I think that you know there is interest to imp- upgrade the position, of course. Uh, but I mean, I think price still is the the, the key here, and that they don't really want to overpay for that position. And I, and I feel certain that they don't want to sign a long term deal with them. I mean, I think the guy it's. Just based on his career, it's been up and down. He's been very inconsistent. I think that, frankly, that this is, could be a year where you get a, a lot of good production out of him, especially if you're if you're playing him on a one year deal. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely interested in that. Uh, the question again is all about how much he's going to willing to come down in order to showcase his skill set on a on a bright stage like the Cowboys.
1: So it sounds like Clowney has gotten some offers. Uh, Seattle did give him one. Um, Cleveland has sent him another offer, but it sounds like he's being really picky about the situation he goes to. And again, I get it. He's a 27-year-old defensive end um, who hasn't had a 10-sack season yet. I mean, he's had two 9-sacks years, but I think he wants to have one healthy season, now that he's recovered from the groin injury, um, and then get paid again in free agency next year. And I I can't blame him. So is Dallas a good situation for him to go to? I I think it makes a lot of sense because – you don't have a proven—I mean, okay, they have Tyrone Crawford, but he's injured. They have Alden Smith, and we have no idea what he is. But basically, there's a full-time edge role open playing opposite of Demarcus Lawrence. You saw how that worked out for Robert Quinn last year. And I mean, if I'm clowny, I'm looking at exactly what happened to Quinn over the last year, right? He went to Dallas, got a bunch of one-on-ones, had a, I don't know, what, 11, 12 sacks in 14 games— and then got paid a massive contract by Chicago. I absolutely think Dallas makes a lot of sense in that you know sense because um, you know you can come in here, you can get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. You can you're playing in a bunch of you know primetime games. So I think that makes a lot of sense. I I said this on Twitter, but I'll say it again. I would much rather sign Clowney to a $10, $12 million deal than pay Jamal Adams and give away a draft pick uh, just because I'm not having to lose a draft pick. And I think Clowney can be a really, really good player. He's a three-time Pro Bowl defensive end. So um, my next question for you is this, though. Both Everson Griffin and Jadavian Clowney are still free agents right now. If you're going to give $10 million to one of those players, which one are you more willing to sign at this stage in free agency?
0: Well, I, I will say this I, I don't I think that there's some off off field stuff with Griffin right It feels like there's some stuff that's 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 happening not quite on the surface there that I've just heard sure. about So I, I I don't know for sure So let me so having said that I think that's probably why. I think that's behind some of the 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 tempered ex- ex- excitement for Griffin's market. Maybe. But yeah. but let's say let's say all things being equal and they, you know, uh, since we don't know about that, right? I sure. I probably would prefer Griffin just because of look, if, if I'm signing a long-term deal uh, trying to get a long-term deal, obviously I I would probably prefer Clown, a younger player, still got some t- time ahead of him.
1: Uh, but you're probably not getting a one-year deal or anything more no, than a no, one-year no, 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 deal no. for either yeah, of these yeah, players. Yeah,
0: totally. Right. But I'm saying like if it was if it was long-term, that would be one thing. But since it's a short-term situation uh, for both of these guys, the age to difference doesn't really play as hard for me with nope. Everson Griffin. And I, I'm only getting him for one year. So I, I like his style, uh, his game, for what we need better than, uh, than Clowney. So I would probably say Griffin for us. But the other thing to consider here is that you're probably – if you're looking for return on investment beyond just what the season provides, like if you're looking for the better uh, comp pick once this situation is all done, perfect. Yeah, you, you, you may want to consider Clowney instead because I think he is going to be the guy to be more likely to command a big deal uh, if he has a, a good season after the end of the year.
1: Well, and I, I'd make this case for Clowney as well, is if you're going to be a more multiple defense, I think Clowney is a better fit that way than Griffin is. I think Griffin's a just a traditional 4-3 uh, defensive end, probably better on the left side. Uh, but with Clowney, you know, he has experience playing in a 3-4 and standing up when he is in Houston. He was a down defensive end for Seattle last year. He's actually rushed from inside a bunch too. So I, I think in, in that way, I think Clowney is a better fit, but... You made a great point about the comp pick. You know the Cowboys are expected to get a ton of comp picks this year. Uh, we'll see about next year. Uh, don't, I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to have too many free agents hitting the market next year. But if you sign Clowney and he puts up a eight to ten sack season, all of a sudden that's going to turn into a third and fourth round pick. So uh, would you basically pay $10, $12 dollars for a one year rental and potentially a third and fourth round pick? Or third or fourth round pick? Absolutely. I think it's a it's a no-brainer to me. We'll see if the Cowboys show any interest over the next month or so. Um, all right, next question, Landon. Uh, what percentage of defensive snaps do you anticipate Trevon Diggs being on the field for this year? Uh, when we did our cornerback preview, I think both you and I kind of expect Diggs to, to play a bunch as a rookie. Do you expect him to be a full-time starter? Do you think the Cowboys will ease him in? How often is he going to be on the field? <sighs>
0: I think it's. I think it's. It's. It's a. It's a good question. I mean, I. I uh, do you remember exactly what we predicted at the time? Because honestly, my 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 opinion on it feels like it's changed even since then what 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 were we saying that we thought I, the I
1: think we said like eighty to ninety percent basically maybe the first couple of weeks of the season he doesn't play a ton but by week three, three week four he's a full-time starter
0: yeah, I mean I tend to think that that's probably probably right. I mean I, I think obviously they feel really excited about him immediately. They're gonna give him every opportunity to go in and take that job up front um, and I, mm-hmm. and I think that you know whether what how quickly his head is spinning by the time, you know, whatever camp or whatever the first, you know, activities that we get are. Uh, I think that's going to be a big indicator of how quickly he, he ascends to this job. I, you know, I think the other thing we have to remember is that it, it's it's probably an extremely difficult spot at this point to try to be a rookie taking a starting spot. You know, I mean, it's like you're, you're, yeah. you're trying to yeah. deal with learning the defense through, you know, a, a methodology that is – you know, unique and, and different to everybody, uh, because of the COVID situation, uh, is, is it going to really hurt their these guys' learning curve to, to, to have to just kind of jump on the field? Very possibly. The question you know will become: Does does the coaching staff do something to kind of ease that learning curve? You know, maybe right. uh, uh, place more familiar coverages for the p- players that are on this team that were here previously. That doesn't necessarily even help. Diggs here because he wasn't here last year so i think that Diggs is uh you know i, I would feel a lot more confident about digs's ability to come in and step in and start right away in a uh in a normal offseason i think with this kind of you know wonky offseason you know soft start offseason whatever you want to call it uh i, I think that there's a, a a chance that it may take Diggs a little bit more time to kind of get acclimated not only to the defense but to just playing nfl football
1: i've been saying this every time we talk about trevon Diggs, but there's a significant amount of people in the cowboys building right now who already believe he's the best cornerback on the roster um we'll see if he starts in week one i would bet that he does um but i would almost guarantee that by halfway through the season he's a you know he's an every down starter for the cowboys. I just think he's somebody that they're really high on. He fits the scheme perfectly. I think it makes sense in their current state of the defense with Awuzie playing on the outside, potentially playing some safety, Anthony Brown in the slot, keeping Diggs on the outside. I expect him to to be a big contributor for the Cowboys this year. Um, I want to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their website is incredibly easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always incredibly low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write "Locked On" in their How Did You Hear About Us box to let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. This lockdown podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now
3: that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients. free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on that's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life homeshef.com slash locked on
1: must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert lane and this next question comes from john he says please explain spark scores and other analytics you use in evaluating college players so um, we talk a lot about Spark and why the Cowboys pay attention to Spark. Um, why don't you go ahead and explain to the listeners what what that metric is, and, I'll, and then I'll go ahead and tell you guys about some of the other um, you know tools that we use to evaluate college players.
0: So Spark was a uh, formula, I guess is the best way to say it. It was a mm-hmm. formula that was developed by Nike uh, when they were doing uh, their their opening camps, and it was a way for them to kind of quantify. Uh, high school kids athleticism uh, yep. and, and I think it was you know I mean it's it's old it, it, it's like it, it's I'm not old old but it's been it's, around it's a while. been around yeah. for at least 10 years and, and long, maybe longer yeah. uh, and then it, it came to the attention that of some very uh, astute uh, Seattle Seahawks fans that uh, the the Seahawks seem to be leaning very relying very heavily on this. And, and that's not really that yep. surprising I mean, if you think about you know the crossover in the northwest with between uh, uh, Nike and, and and you know the University of Oregon and, and Wa- University of Washington in Seattle. You know, I, I mean, Oregon is very. Nike has a, obviously has a very heavy presence at Oregon, where where their alma mater is from. I mean, their uh, their their CEO and founder is from. Yeah, yeah, and yep. uh, so I, I think that in that region there's just a lot of kind of. Sharing of ideas, that sort of thing, and so it came out that, that that spark was being used to evaluate athletes at the pro level coming out of college by the Seahawks, and then the next step was that that an enterprising young uh, uh, Seahawks fan uh, was able to reverse engineer the uh, spark score and then help us all kind of use spark as a as a as a uh, as a testing. Ground for athleticism, and then from there it got even more interesting. You got people like uh, uh, the mock draftable site, and and, and I can't mm-hmm. remember off the top of my head that that guy's name, but I'm sure Marcus Zach Whitman. Zach Whitman, yeah. uh, Zach
1: Whitman was the one that Thank figured it out for fieldgoals.com. Yeah, yep. I wanted to
0: remember. I want to make sure we got his name in there. But yeah, then they were able to create a piece spark from that, which is basically a positional specific spark. It helps kind of they kind of tinker right. with the uh, the spark score a little bit to kind of weight things that are more important by position to kind of give you a little bit better comparison. So you're not trying to get a offensive lineman measured on the same athletic scale as a defensive back. So uh, that's kind yep. of the, the 10,000 foot view. And then uh, Marcus, give me some, give me some other tools that you find it very helpful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just a couple things on spark. I mean, you nailed it right there, but uh, it's not surprising that Seattle use spark for a couple different reasons. I mean, here's the dirty little secret of college football. And remember that's really where Pete Carroll made his mark was at USC is these coaches don't have time to grind all this high school, you know, tape and all that kind of stuff. So what they do is they came up with a formula, the spark formula to find the best athletes and recruit those guys. So it's not shocking that Carroll, a super successful college coach kind of use that same thing in the NFL to, to find great athletes. Um, What Spark does is it takes a whole bunch of, you know, measurables and combines them into one number. So if you're just a fast player but you struggle with change in direction or um, if you don't do well on the jumps, it factors that in. If you're somebody who – I mean, it, it factors in weight. So, a guy that's running a 440 at 230 pounds, that's way more impressive than somebody running a 430 at 180 pounds. So, it just takes all those things into account. Um, other measurements that we use are analytics. I mean, I could talk about receiver stuff all day, but we use, you know, breakout age, which is the first time in a college player's career that he hits uh, 20% of a passing games offense we'd call that a market share uh that's pretty good in terms of showing uh you know just how how good these players are early in their careers Uh, market again market share is how big of an offense or how much of the the offense you're part of um dominator rating is how you stack up compared to other players offense so you know one player's catching 60 balls in an offense that's only throwing 300 times a season compared to another receiver who's catching 70 balls in an offense that's throwing 600 times, it helps kind of balance that out a little bit. But analytics are certainly becoming a bigger part of you know evaluating prospects. We've seen that with the Cowboys over the last couple of years. They're starting to dip their toe into analytics some more. Uh, we talked about tackle for a loss production a lot of times on this podcast for defensive linemen and how that translates into the NFL. So uh, we'll have to do a full show sometime on some analytics and which ones we like the best and which ones are a little bit noisy. Uh, but that's a good question, John. I'm glad that you asked. We'll have to dig deep into some more analytics. Um, all right, Landon. This next question comes from Coy, and it's our last one. Uh, what are we expecting from Ha Ha Clinton Dix this year? Uh, if I can be biased for a second, I think he's in for a big year. Um, what are you expecting from the veteran safety?
0: Yeah, I feel like uh, you know we've 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 been talking a lot about Jamal Adams, and we've been talking a lot about uh, you know a lot. I, I feel like there's this class of cowboys that we just have not talked about very much because of a lot of other things that have happened. And and despite sure. right, the fact that he's a you know free agent signing, it, it, it's and probably to be honest, the most heralded safety free agent signing we've had in a long time. Uh, yeah, for you sure. You know, I, I think that we haven't really discussed Ha Ha Clinton Dix nearly enough, and I, and I think when we have, we've discussed it more in the context of what he doesn't do well and what he doesn't what he you know right. what his his issues are. I I do think that there's you know a lot to look forward to here with with uh clinton dixon and what he can bring to the team because i think he does have a skill set that is a little more rounded than we've seen uh you know as our second safety uh certainly opposite of of woods in in his career and 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 quite a while for the cowboys so uh i'm excited i i think again i think it's a, a lot of The expectations that I have for uh, Haha Clinton Dix are tied to some of the changes in coverage and where I think he fits really well. You know, I I think a lot of what we, uh, uh, you know, a lot of what we were talking about early on was, well, how does he fit as a box safety? How does he fit as a, you know, kind of a down in the box cover three, cover one safety? And, And now, you know, that we've kind of gotten the idea. Uh, that potentially we could be looking at more split safety, little more uh, middle of the field open mofo coverages. Uh, yeah, I, I think you know that kind of plays to a skill set that he that he has and I think that that's that's, good, that's a good fit for him. Uh, and so my my outlook for haha Clinton Dix has has improved a, as we have learned more about what this new 2020 Cowboys defense would potentially look like.
1: Um, I can go ahead and just kind of tell you this because I was talking to somebody who uh, knows that defensive back room really well, and they said that bringing in Ha Ha Clinton-Dix is going to be the best thing that's ever happened for Xavier Woods. It's going to allow him to uh, move around a little bit more. They're really excited about Woods um, entering year four. They thought he missed out on some plays last year that could have been, you know, game changers. Uh, and getting somebody who is really good at being able to play that cover one and cover three safety along with Woods. I think is going to be really valuable. So uh, while Ha Clinton-Dix himself might not be you know, one of the best safeties in the league, I think his presence alone is going to impact uh, a lot of players on the defense. Just having a guy that can cover that well, that has that good of a feel uh, of being back there, and that you can trust to, to be in the right spots at the right time, I think that's uh, really, really exciting for the Cowboys uh, going forward in this 2020 season. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.
2: Hey, Prime members.